Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Morning. So if you would, I'm going to go ahead and give you my title before I forget and we'll get into it here. And I just want to preach this morning, if you would allow me for a few minutes on there is hope in the valley. There is hope in the valley. The word valley in the Bible is commonly used to symbolize hard times, struggles, and uh, difficult situations in life this morning. How many can say that they found themselves in a valley at least once or twice in life? Amen. Valleys are low and they are deep. They're a low point. They're a deep point. You have to walk down to get into them. And it's, it takes us down from where we were. And there are some times that they're hard to get out of. I don't know if you've ever seen any, you know, like the, the you know, imagine the Grand Canyon. It'd be pretty hard. I've, we've hiked in it a little bit, but it's hard to get out of a valley. Amen. Do we have any hikers in here this morning? Like four? Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to get together sometime and do some hiking. But if you know, it's way easier to hike downhill than it is to hike uphill. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Uh, if, if it's easier for you to hike uphill, um, I want to know your workout regimen. We'll talk after church. So, uh, But it's, it's easier to get into a valley. Sometimes we find ourselves in the valley and we don't even realize it because it was so easy to get there. And... Uh, we begin to walk and we, you know, we don't even realize that, that we've gotten there because it was an easy hike this morning. And we find ourselves once we get there that, that we're kind of, that we begin to wonder and, uh, we, we kind of get, we get to going through life and we just are walking, putting one foot in front of the other. And then everything seems to be going good. And then we look up and there's walls on both sides and there's just a deep, a deep, low valley in front of us. And, we, we wonder this morning, how is life full of so many struggles? It seems like everywhere you turn, that you can ask anybody, and somebody always has something that they're going through, whether it be big or whether it may be small. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust this morning. Amen? Amen. I, can, I know I can attest to that, that, you know, we always ask, you know, why, why is this happening? But God says that uh, it doesn't matter who you are, that there's going to be valleys in your life. There's going to be hard times and there's going to be struggles and life's going to beat us down sometimes. But I didn't come here this morning to beat you down. I didn't come here to remind you how bad life can be. But uh, I've come this morning to encourage someone that when you do find yourself in those situations in life, those hard points, those valleys that you maybe didn't even know that you were there until it was too late, I've come to encourage you this morning that there can be hope in the valley. Amen. And I've come to tell you that we serve a God who will allow us to enter into a valley season in life so he can show us that he can bring us out this morning. And it might not make sense to us. It might not make sense to our carnal minds this morning. But there's times where God has to allow us to enter a valley so that he can show us that there can be hope because we will find ourselves there in life. And God wants us to be reminded that though we may be in the valley, that he is there with us. And if we all know the story of Moses, everybody show of hands, anyone, everyone know the story of Moses and the Israelites and how he brought them out of Egypt. 
And they were held, the Israelites were held in captivity for many years. I don't know about you, but I would consider that a hard time this morning. Being held in slavery by a, an enemy people, I would consider that to be a, a valley in the life of the Israelites. And you see, God sent Moses into their valley, if you will, that they were in that valley, they were in that hardship, they were in that hard time, and God sent Moses to their valley. He sent him to pull his people from that situation. And if we could pull up Exodus 13, 8 through 10. And uh, God, God allows his people to be rescued. He sends the plagues and uh, Pharaoh's heart is softened. And then later he, crosses, he allows them to cross the Red Sea. It says in Exodus, you shall tell your son on that day, it is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. And it shall be to you as a sign on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep his statue at, at its anointed time from year to year. So you see what God wanted them was he wanted to, he was telling them that he had brought them out of his, out of Egypt. And this was something that he was giving to them to remind them. He wanted them to remember where he had brought them from this morning. He told them if we could go back to verse number nine, one more time that, uh, it shall be as a sign on your hand and in a memorial between your eyes that the Lord may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand, the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. That last line there, he wanted them to be remembered that God brought them out of Egypt and it wasn't just by happenstance, but it was by the hand of God that he pulled them from the valley that they were in. And you see, sometimes the Lord this morning wants, wants to remind us that he can still bring us out. And he shows us this here. And if we could go to Exodus 14, 11 through 14. And this is when they're talking about, uh, this is the Red Sea. And when they've already, they've crossed over and the Israelites, they said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? He's asking them, why, why have you taken us away from Egypt just to die out here? And what have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Why did you bring us out of the valley? Here they are. This was just a little bit later after they'd been brought out of Egypt and they had crossed the Red Sea. And here they are. They're on the other side. They've been brought out of that hard time. And they're sitting here questioning why did you bring me out? What, what, what is the point of coming here? And the Bible said, it is not this, it is not this what we said to you in Egypt. Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So what they're saying here is that they, they had gotten comfortable in the valley. They had, they had felt that where they were, they'd become so accustomed to being there that they did not even realize that where they were was better than where they had came from, that they would rather serve the Egyptians. They would rather be in slavery than be where they were because they had been so accustomed to the valley. And if we could go to verse 13. And Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. Verse 14. And the Lord will fight for you, and you only have, and you have only to be silent. Keep that verse up there if you could. You see, 
God reminded them in Exodus 13 that he had brought them out of Egypt. He gave them that sign, that statue to take with them to remind them where he had just brought them from. And this was after they crossed the Red Sea that they're sitting here telling Moses, we were better off in Egypt. We were better off in captivity. We were better off in slavery. And they had already forgotten that God had brought them out of all of that. They had already forgotten that God had freed them from that and had put them where they were. But you see this morning, God wanted to remind them and Moses is telling them that God put them exactly where he wanted them. He pulled them out of that valley and though it didn't even seem like they had been pulled out of that hard time, they said this is worse than what we had it in Egypt. And Moses and God here are trying to remind them that God put them there for a specific reason. He, he, he didn't put them there by happenstance. He didn't put them there by coincidence, but he put them there for a purpose. And you see, they had lost their hope so quickly that, that, that they had just, God had just crossed over the Red Sea. He had just parted the waters. He had just pulled them from slavery. And here they are, they have already lost hope just like that because they found them, so they were taken out of where they were comfortable and they were put in somewhere that they were uncomfortable with, something that they didn't understand, something that they didn't know this morning. And they had already forgotten what God could do. And they didn't realize that if God pulled them out of Egypt, he can pull them out of where they are right now. Amen. You see, sometimes God will pull us out of something. It seems like just to put us back in something just as hard. He pulls us out of one valley to put us in another this morning, but it's not by coincidence. And I want to let you know this morning that God is placing you there for a reason. And if he brought you out of where he just, he's wanting to remind you that I just brought you out of Egypt, but, and I'm putting you in the wilderness. But if he brought you out of Egypt, he can deliver you from the wilderness as well this morning. And so I just want to tell you that Moses reminded the Israelites in scripture that we just read. He told them, the Lord will work for you. The Lord will fight for you, and all you have to do is be silent. And is, I just, isn't that amazing this morning, that promise that God gives us in verse 14 here, that all we have to do is trust God. All we have to do is have faith, have hope in the valley this morning, and that God will fight for us. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm glad that I serve a God that will fight for me. I'm glad that I serve a God that says, all you have to do is put your trust in me, and I will lead you. I will guide you. I will fight for you this morning. Amen? And if we could, if we could go to Ezekiel 37, 1 through 6. The hand of the Lord was upon me and brought me out of the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. Verse 2. And he led me around among them and behold, there were, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. If we go to verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We are indeed 
cut off. You see, they were in the valley. If we could go back to verse 11 there, they were in the valley and it says that their bones were dried up, that their hope was lost, that they were cut off. You see, and we'll go on to verse 12 here. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and I will raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Verse 13. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am Lord and I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. You see, God is sitting here talking about here. We'll read the scripture where they were set in the valley. God intentionally put him in that valley this morning. And you see, he wanted to remind him that sometimes I'm going to put you in places that are you're uncomfortable with. Sometimes I'm going to put you in a place where they're, the bones are dried up and they are dead and that the hope had been gone and that there had been nothing alive for a long time in that valley. And you see, they said that their hope their hope had disappeared. How many this morning, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many times have you found yourself in a valley and you found yourself in a hard time and you begin to feel your hope and your faith and your 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 uh, your restoration and God, you begin to feel that just kind of begin to go away and you just kind of wonder, God, why have you left me here? Why have you put me in this valley with these dead bones where there's no hope, there's no life, there's, there's nothing for me here, but the Lord wants to let us know this morning that he has put us there for a reason, that he will allow the bones to live, but that if he doesn't put us in those situations, how can he ever show us that he can resurrect the bones, that he can begin to give us hope when we are in the valley this morning? And I just want to let you know that there's times that we feel like that we may be the the one that was set in the valley and there might be times where we feel like we're the bones, that we're dead and that we're dried up and that we have nothing else to do, that we've been there for so long that we have just begun to allow ourselves to just begin to get comfortable in the valley. But God decided that day that there would be bones that would live again. He introduced hope in life back into that valley this morning. Amen. Amen. So if you would, I, I want to tell a story here and uh, kind of illustrate another point if you would. And there was a man by the name of Desmond Doss. He was born in a small town in Lynchburg, Virginia. And uh, this was the kind of town that everyone knew everybody, and his father was a veteran in World War One, and he was he was not the best man. Desmond did not have a very good a very good childhood growing up. You see, his mother took him and his brother to church and tried to raise them right. She took him to church on Sundays in their little little town, and she she tried to implant God in them. There was a he said that there was a picture in their house of the of the Ten Commandments and that uh, his mother his mother used that and referenced that very often. And you fast forward to World War II and Desmond's a, a young man now and he was working in a naval yard factory. His his brother had joined the army and he, his father was was not happy about it. But De, his brother had joined and Desmond very quickly followed behind. 
Except when Desmond arrived at boot camp, he was not like the other the other recruits, the other soldiers that uh, volunteered and uh, came in because he had refused to pick up a rifle. You see, he, he believed that in his conviction that he was not to hurt people, but that he was to help people. And if you can imagine, he voluntarily joined the military and then said, I don't want to carry a gun that caused some feathers to be ruffled along among his commanders. And, uh, it, and it began a long, a long battle, if you will, that he had to fight. And he, he went through all this battle. He was threatened to be court-martialed and they told him, you know, you, you, this is, this is the military. We're fighting. We're going to war. You have to have a, you have to have a rifle. And he said, I don't want to hurt, hurt people. I want to help people. I want to be a medic. He wanted to be a medic in the army. And you see his people around him, they didn't trust someone who didn't want to carry a rifle because to them, if he didn't have a rifle, he couldn't protect them. So he didn't have their back and they were getting ready to go to war and they weren't very fond of that. And you see, but Desmond held true to his convictions and he, he wanted, he wanted to be a medic. He wanted to help people. He didn't want to hurt people. And he was treated very harshly because of this. He was beaten. He tells the story of where he was, he was harassed by the officers and they tried to get him to quit. And his fellow soldiers in his unit would beat him repeatedly at night to try to get him to quit. And to make a long story short, he was court-martialed and uh, for disobeying orders, but eventually they allowed him to continue without a weapon. They, they decided, you know what, if that's what you want to do, you know, we're all for it, I guess. If, if you know, that's what's, what your heart really wants, then we're going to let you do it. So he went to medic school. And he began to fight. He fought with his unit in multiple different battles as a medic, and he would help people in his unit. Would always talk about how he was constantly putting his life on the line. If someone was wounded, he, he would run out in the middle of the gunfire and he would drag them to safety. But you see, on May of 1945, his unit was sent to a different kind of battle, a battle that would change the course of his life and all of the men that served with him forever. And this was, they were sent to Okinawa, Japan. And there was a ridge that the Japanese soldiers had held in Okinawa, and that was the key to Japan. If they could take Okinawa, Okinawa, then they believed that they could take Japan. And uh, Desmond and his unit proceeded to climb the rock wall. There was a big rope that they had to climb to get up to, to the ridge to fight and these men in his unit are, are climbing up and they're, they're preparing to fight knowing that there has been multiple units before them that have been pushed back. They have not made it into the ridge. This is, they're, they're, there's been multiple in front of them. And you see there was, they were climbing this ridge and all the while that they were remembering they, would, they were going in and there was the other units leaving that had just been up and they had suffered hev heavy casualties that there was not many of them left. And the, the ridge, it, just to give you an idea of how, how uh, extensive and how horrible of a time this was, the ridge was named Hacksaw Ridge. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to let your imagination kind of wonder why that it, it was not a fun time. This was not a battle that, uh, that he had fought. This wasn't a regular battle. This was a battle where they were going in knowing most of them would die. But you see, they went in and they began to fought and they fought for a full day. 
and the battle was halted. They, they came dark and they kind of, you know, both sides decided they probably needed some rest. And you see that next morning, all of a sudden that they were, they were attacked with a surprise attack and it drove Desmond Doss's unit and him back. They, they pushed them back to the ledge. They were ordered to retreat off the ridge to safety below. Once again, they had been pushback. The United States military was not able to conquer Hacksaw Ridge. And you see they were they were forced to retreat and as they're retreating there there's men that are that are getting wounded and they get to the ridge and they begin to climb down and they get down but there's one man who didn't leave. That was Desmond Doss. Desmond said later on that he felt like that his job was not done. He felt like that God told him that there was still more for him to do on that ridge. And you see, he sat there, and as after the Americans had all got off the ridge, the, the Japanese began to, to fall back and to go on and uh, leave the battleground. And you see, Desmond spent the rest of that day and through that night going back to the battlefield looking for wounded soldiers and he would find one and he would drag he would treat them and he would drag them no matter how far it was to the edge of that ridge he would tie a rope around them and he would use a tree and he would lower them down and there was two people down there they had left they went back to camp and there was two people that were said to stay there and they look up and all of a sudden there's a man coming down that ridge and he's hanging there and he's coming down by a rope and so they take him off and the next thing they know they come back and there's another one and another one and they keep coming and they keep coming and they keep coming and you see Desmond would continually go back and forth and there was still air assaults being done on the ridge they, there was still fighting going on from naval ships that were shooting onto that ridge and he was avoiding that and then that quit that was kind of his cover and you see he, he was using that as his cover in the smoke and then all of a sudden they decided hey we're done. We, we, don't need to quit. we don't need to keep shooting anymore. So he loses his cover. Well, when he lost his cover, the Japanese soldiers begin to come out and they begin to look for wounded Americans. They, they came out to look for survivors to, to either take his prisoner or to finish. And uh, Desmond did not stop. It didn't matter that his cover was gone. It didn't matter that now he was going on without a rifle still. Never picked up a rifle and avoiding enemy soldiers. And he did that all through the day and through the entire night. And you see, he was kept doing that and he avoided the enemy soldiers. There was multiple times that he was almost killed, but he continued. And what he would say was he said later on in a biography that as he was lowering one person down, he would be praying, God, let me get one more. And every time he would lower another one down, God, let me get one more. He would lower another one down, God, give me the strength to get one more. And you see, the last and final soldier that that next morning that he had found and drugged to safety, while he's dragging him to safety, the opposing army is shooting at them and they are chasing them all the way to the ridge. He gets him, gets the, the wounded soldier over and he gets over himself and he collapses at, at the bottom. And you see Desmond and his unit, Desmond went back and he was injured, but uh, he, was, he got fixed up and they went back the next day to fight again. They went back again into the place knowing that they had just lost many of their friends, many of their men, that it had been a tough battle and a hard battle. It was not a place that they wanted to go back, but they had to go back one more time. 
And you see that day that Desmond went back with his unit one more time. And as he was sitting there and doing the same thing as before, and he was, he was fighting and he was helping his wounded soldiers that he was wounded by a grenade while trying to save a fellow soldier. A grenade was thrown in a foxhole and he went to throw the grenade back and it went off and it, um, it, it injured his leg and he, he was done as a combat medic. He was, he received many purple hearts and it was later noted and this, this just blew my mind. It was later noted that Desmond single handedly went back into that battlefield, went back into that place of death more times than he probably even counted. But it later was recorded that he saved 75 wounded men from that ridge. There were 75 men that were left to die in the worst place that they've ever been in their life. It was probably the scariest thing that they had ever encountered, but there was a man by the name of Desmond Doss that decided that I might be able to go to safety but there's still people here that are experiencing the worst thing that they've ever went through, that there's still people on this battlefield that are still able to be saved. And you see, Desmond went on to say that all of what he did was because of God and that he was able to do this because of the strength that God gave him. It was over, over 24 hours that he continually was dragging men to safety. By the time he got done, he had cloth wrapped around his palms because they were so raw and bleeding from constantly dragging men and lowering them down with the rope. But you see, he did all of this every time. God, let me get one more. As he saved his wounded fellow soldiers. And you see, I tell this story this morning to illustrate that there was a, that, you know, the young man that fought one of the bloodiest battles of World War II with nothing but his faith in God. You see, he was in what I would probably say was the darkest place of his life, that him and all of the people with him had probably never been in a situation or in a place in their life that was that bad this morning. And we can use this today to show that just like Desmond ran back into the battlefield time and time again to drag out the wounded, that God does the same for us this morning. Amen. You see, those men were lying there thinking that they were going to die. How many times have we found ourselves in a situation where we, we don't think that there's a way that we're going to get out of it? We're laying there going, there's no way. God, the, the life has beat us down too hard that there's no way that I can get up. There's no way that I can get out of where I am right now, that there was no hope of being saved. But you see, This morning, I want to remind you that just like that young man from Virginia that gave hope to every one of those soldiers in that valley, we have a God that can do the same thing. When life begins to beat us down and begins to knock us, knock us down, and we seem like there's no way to get back up this morning, that we serve a God that's going to come in and he's going to drag us to safety this morning, no matter where we are, because he loves us and he cares for us. And you see, I'm sure that those wounded soldiers, I'm sure that they began to see him running. And I, and I was thinking about this, that they're laying there and they're, they, they feel they're sure they're going to die. And next thing they know, they, they see him coming by and they see him dragging someone off to, to safety. And they begin to sit there. And I, I just it would 
take the liberty this morning to say that he, he probably brought hope to those men that were laying there because he, w- he would go by and he would find one and he would drag them and there would be someone else close by and they would see them getting saved. And I'm sure that that began to stir up some hope in his fellow soldiers, that they began to have faith that maybe I am going to get out of this situation because they saw Desmond pulling out someone else this morning. And I just want to tell us this morning that we can use, sometimes use what God does for other people. When he begins to pull somebody else out of the valley this morning, that we begin to see that and we can use that to remind ourselves that there is still hope in the valley, that we may be laying there not knowing how we're going to make it out this morning, but that God can still make a way this morning, that God will not leave us and he will not forsake us, that he will come back for his people, that he has put you where you are for a specific reason this morning. God does not make mistakes. He does not put us in things that he cannot bring us out this morning. We might not be able to make it on our own, but that's why he does it. He puts us there to remind us that he can still work in our lives, that he can still pull us out of where we are. He puts us there to remind us that there can be hope, that there can be faith in the valleys of life this morning. Amen. Amen. If we could stand this morning, if the music could come. We all find ourselves from time to time in dark places in this life and valleys, if you will. And there's no promise of a stress-free life. There's no promise that this life is going to be easy. But there is this morning a promise that we serve a God that brings us hope in the valley, that we serve a God that no matter where we are, that he will fight for us, that he has put us where we are this morning for a specific reason. And I want to remind someone this morning that these illustrations that we've talked about today, just to begin to show us that they're still can be hope that God wants us to remember this morning that he is a God that will fight. He is a God that will come back and that will pull us out with his strong hand. And we might be struggling this morning with our finances, but there is still hope. You might be going through a rough patch in your walk with God this morning, but there is still hope. I might be in a valley of sickness or my family in a valley of sickness but there is still hope this morning. I might be in a val- in a valley of emotional issues or mental issues or whatever it may be this morning, but there is still hope. I might find myself walking what seems like to be in circles and I don't know which direction to go, but there is still hope this morning that we serve a God that will reach down with a strong hand and that will pull us from where he's put us. And that no matter what issues we're dealing with, that we serve a God this morning that pulled the children of Israel out of Egypt. He brought dry bones to life in the valley. He intentionally put them there so that he could show them what he was capable of this morning. And just like Desmond Doss that brought all those men to safety that were set to die, that brought hope to those men in that valley in the worst time in their life, I want to remind you this morning that we have a God that will still fight for you no matter where you are because he knows exactly where you are because he puts you there this morning. And we might not understand why. We might not know why he has put us in that valley, why he's put us in that hardship and in that struggle this morning. But it's to remind us that there still can be hope in the valley. There can still be hope and there can still be faith when He when we're going through the hardest times in our lives. It might not be as significant to someone else, but if it's significant to you, then God will be there with you.
this morning.